Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Sonika Garcia. And I'm Brad Davidson. And this is Breaking the Code. A podcast series focused on debunking the myths about the discipline of behavioral science and arming our listeners with the information they need to make sense of behavioral science and help them apply it to their work as marketers. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining. This is episode 15. I cannot believe we are on episode 15. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I know. Today, we're going to be talking about cognitive dissonance or values in conflict. So I guess to jump right in, we obviously the work that we do within behavioral science is to understand our customers and Almost every day, you know, when we are generating insight or having conversation about strategy, the term cognitive dissonance comes up in some capacity. People talk about, you know, is there dissonance with our audience and how do we sort of overcome it? And that that made us think like, okay, I think we should do an episode on what is cognitive dissonance? Where does it show up in our work and how can we maybe change it? So, okay, jumping right in, tackling the first question what is cognitive dissonance? I think plainly put, it's really just a state of mind where you are simultaneously believing or entertaining two opposite ideas. But the way that it shows up in the world and in our audience and our customers is we're like a behavior that someone is doing and a value that they have or a belief that they have do not align. And we see this in HCPs, we see this in patients, right, Brad? Like that's that's essentially yeah, cognitive dissonance. 100%. And I think values yeah. and conflict is related to that, right? Yes, 100%. So, so the reason that we're using those two terms is I, I think they're related. I don't think they're identical, but I often think that when we look at people with just sort of a, a a very naive look and go like, well, they're in pain, they should take their pain meds or, well, they have cholesterol. Why aren't they taking their cholesterol meds? It turns out that we're very incoherent uh, in our behaviors if we think that people are logical input output machines. But when we look at behaviors that maybe aren't uh, the most <laughs> The, the the most logical behaviors, right? People are very like will say one thing, like I, I'm very inconsistent, right? I smoked for years and I was a runner. Those two things generally don't mesh. They worked fine in my life, right? But but it was pretty pretty incoherent. What we find is when people act in ways that seem uh, inconstant or uh, without real pattern, what's usually happening is they've got two separate uh, but competing desires. And that's where we talk about values and conflict. So the example I always use is everybody wants to be safe. Everybody wants to be adventurous. You can't be both of those things simultaneously. And how you balance those desires determines in large part like the the arc of your life. Are you somebody who goes off and is a daredevil and makes a living in doing dangerous things? Are you somebody who lives a fairly safe, predictable life who occasionally goes out hang gliding? Right. Right. What happens is then people kind of go to extremes, and that's the part that we we often go like, well, that's crazy. Who would do that? And the answer is everyone would do that, right? So we find people doing things that aren't just like risky, but like stupidly risky. Like people get caught, you know, having sex at Shea Stadium, right? Which is not exactly a place that strikes one of romance, but it's the thrill of doing something dangerous. But when when they look into who's doing it, it's like it's not 
career criminals. It's people who you'd be shocked that like were up to something, as it were. So I don't I don't want to go down the road too far, but we we often hear behaviors that are not congruent with people's stated values. And right. instead of thinking that as like, oh, these people are crazy, think there's a difference between who I need to be and who I want to be. And that's values in conflict. And you're a mom and I'm a dad. So for example, if you ask people, do you yell at your children? Many people will say no. And then you go roll tape. This was you last week trying to get out the door to church. You're screaming. And you're like, well, that was, a, that was a unique case. It's, it's not that you don't not yell at your children. You don't want to, but sometimes you feel like you don't have any other choice. And that's a very, very common thing to, to bring it to healthcare. And then I'll stop. It is true that doctors want to help patients. It is also true that doctors need to stay on schedule. And those two things can come into conflict. And so patients can feel like, well, how caring could this doctor possibly be? They just shoved me out the door. It's like they have 15 more people in the waiting room. That's right. why, right? They have this, I can't just treat you as thoroughly as I want to because I have a bunch of other things I need to do. That is an adult reality for everyone on the planet that you can't do everything you want to do at all times when it comes to health behavior people negotiate a little bit and i think that's where the cognitive dissonance comes in and i think that's really where your area of expertise is so i'll throw it back to you you know yeah. talk to me a little bit about cognitive dissonance and how it fits into our work and, and just health in general yeah i mean in so many ways and i think you kind of touched on some of them but and another example i think about you know with hcps we find that doctors, you know, they want to stay up to date on the latest and greatest. They want to be cutting edge and and do things differently and innovatively. But at the same time, they're really driven by, you know, feelings of, you know, uh, comfort and certainty for their patients. And that often leads them to kind of stick to a status quo. Same way with patients. We see, you know, people who I use the vaccine example just because it's it's easy, but, you know, it's someone who's very health conscious. They've gotten vaccinations in the past, but when it came to the COVID vaccine, they weren't getting it. They were a late, a late adopter and like, what? This makes no sense. This person does not have this value or this belief. And like, why does this behavior not align? So I think those are two really like common examples of what we see in our work. Um, I think where we go not go wrong but where we focus a little bit too much is on like the behaviors in conflict and we don't strip that down to as you're saying like the values in conflict so we see like observed behavior like someone is doing this but they are also doing this and it doesn't make any sense um but i think like stripping that down and understanding like okay what's the belief behind those behaviors and then what's like the values associated with those beliefs will help us to ultimately change it but i think i mean maybe this is going to sound obvious but i feel like from like oh what should we do in our role to uh, consider cognitive dissonance the right way and like really apply it where it changes behavior and it changes the work that we do is like stating it more. I think we don't really just like call it out enough or we brush over it. We'll just say like, oh, like, you know, yeah. there's just cognitive dissonance involved and like we move on. But that's a really ripe opportunity for like good like like meaningful impact when we say like okay there's cognitive dissonance going on okay well let's break that down and 
that gives us a lot of insight into what we're working with from like a cognitive behavioral science standpoint of our customers. I think we can. Yeah. When you mean, you mean break, when you say break it down, you don't mean like attack the cognitive dissonance. You mean like, let's look at it, examine it and really like yeah, pull it apart yeah. and go what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Like get to the, the, the most like granular, like belief that a person could have that could cause them to be doing this and that when both of these things don't align. Like yeah, look, to that uh, extent. Right. Exactly. I think, so for example, I think cognitive dissonance um, is often, at, at least when I first learned the term, um, I thought it meant that when you receive data that don't jibe with what you thought the world was like, then your head kind of explodes and and then you have to sort of process and assimilate something that fundamentally transforms how you view the world, like getting a diagnosis of lung cancer. I had plans. I was going to do all sorts of things. And now I've got to assimilate that maybe what I'm doing for the next four years is fighting this cancer. That takes a while to assimilate. I thought that was cognitive dissonance. What you've taught me is cognitive dissonance is just keeping two sets of, of like beliefs in parallel that contradict each other. And that makes a lot of sense. And 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 I think I think what's interesting is often we don't understand that people are compromising their values all the time. So uh, a, a, an example I use a lot is why do one third of all prescriptions not get filled? Now we use that data point all the time in our industry. And the fact of the matter is, if you stop and think about it, why on earth would you even go to the doctor if you weren't planning on filling the script that he or she gave you? Why would you take time off work, go to the doctor, pay your copay, check in, uh, you know, take your clothes off, get poked, get pride. The doctor comes back, goes, here's what you need, gives you a prescription. You go, thank you. And you throw it in the bin. It would have been way easier to just never go to the doctor in the first place. And the answer is very likely that you both wanted to see the doctor because you wanted to be proactive about your health, but you have no desire to take these drugs because you're not that into drugs. So, so people do a lot of that compromise stuff. They'll be told, take a statin. Well, I'm not going to take the statin, but I'll start eating more salads or I'll walk a little further. And the doctor will tell you it's not working. You're like, yeah, but it's something, right? I, mm -hmm. That's what I would do. I would have cigarettes and then I would go for a run and I would go like, they kind of neutralize each other. They don't, <laughs> but that's sort of how you justify it, right? So. Yeah. And I also think that um, from the standpoint of like ways to address it i don't know like is it fair to say that people oftentimes don't know that they have thoughts that are not aligned and not harmonious and so like for a doctor or a patient in our communications i think if we find ways through you know we talked about nudges um talked about like message structure if we find ways uh to to call out the cognitive dissonance to the person who is like the on the receiving end of our communications that's i think step one like just uh, like discussing that discrepant behavior um right. and then right and then i think it can be uh, it, it yeah. can that's like one yes and i also think that like understanding two behaviors that are not aligned and every right like if you break it down you know there there's a motivation to do a particular behavior because there's some kind of reward people don't do things when they don't get 
some kind of reward for it, whether it be an emotional reward or physical reward or whatever it may be. But I think when we are able to, like I said, as I said before, like break down or investigate the the behaviors that are discrepant, we will find two sets of rewards that are associated with each behavior. And then it'll give us the opportunity to, okay, well, we know that, like, how do we make someone feel the reward that they were getting with action A, even when they're doing action B, to like, because you're learning about the person, right? You're learning right. about Let what me they value. You, yeah. And so like, you can play around with that. And that can also be strategies to change behavior. We hear all the time, like, this is, you know, this is a current behavior. How do we break it? What are some strategies that you guys can, right. you know, that you can recommend? And it's just simply like doing some like reward digging, um, I think is associated with like, you know, cognitive dissonance and, and ways to change behavior. Like to me, that would be kind of a low hanging fruit, but all, like also right. like very like simple to do and important. So, yeah. And listen, let me go back to something you said, cause I want to, I want to give two examples. Like, um, when you think about consciousness raising and pointing out to people that they're being incoherent, that can be threatening, right? Like um, one of the great examples of cognitive dissonance or values in conflict would uh, absolutely be Thomas Jefferson's uh, Declaration of Independence. Here's a man who owned slaves and talked about all men being created equal. And there has to be some tension in that. And even reading those words today, you look at them and you go, I have tension reading them. They're both very inspirational, but also like, what the hell did you mean? Like you own slaves. So clearly you didn't believe this, but you did, but you didn't. And it, and you can chase your tail on that endlessly. And it's very hard to resolve some of those things, but I'll give you a clearer example for values in conflict on a professional side. So many years ago, I was at a, a an advisory board. I was sort of running a, a, a workshop in parallel with a bunch of respiratory nurses who dealt with um, cystic fibrosis patients, children. And in the morning, when we talked about the, the sort of medication approach to a person, well, to a woman, they were all women, they all said, um, you need to give every drug possible at the first possible moment because function lost is never regained, lung function destroyed in CF patients will never come back. So you've got to hit it hard, fast, right out of the gate. Okay, good, that makes total sense. In the afternoon, the same group of nurses described how when they were educating families, they would go one at a time with the drugs and introduce them slowly over the course of weeks or even months so as not to overwhelm the family with um, really complex treatment regimens. Now, they, they may have changed since then. This was like 15 years ago, but at the time they were complicated. And I, I raised my hand. I was like, I'm not saying there's a right answer here, but you've just contradicted yourselves on the morning. So what is it? Is it important to give everything all at once or is it important to sort of take the family into account and, and give things slowly? And they all kind of looked at each other and they said, I hadn't really thought of it that way. And then they had a big discussion. I barely needed to participate. And they agreed that what they were doing was expediency with the families. And that really the most important thing was treating the children. And they were going to go back and they were going to change the behavior. That was as simple as pointing out that they were being a little bit incoherent. But let's say that you're being incoherent because fundamentally you're racist or fundamentally you don't like a certain type of person. That's much harder to consciousness raise about because people then become very defensive 
they become very, well, defensive is a good word, right? We'll stop there. I mean, it is just a short podcast, but if you come to somebody and point out that their contradictions are actually damaging to other people or, or somehow attacks their sense of who they are, I'm a good person. I wouldn't do that. Then, then that's when I think cognitive dissonance in my use of the term sets in and they go like, that's just not true. Like Mm -hmm. I thought that when I saw, you know, and, and again, I'm not trying to be political, but there's, it's very difficult to read the Bible and see how Christians can support something like the death penalty. They do. I totally get it. I'm not trying to be political. I'm just saying Jesus was pretty clear about what you should and shouldn't do. And one of them is don't kill people no matter what. So I think we all live with these contradictions. Pointing them out can get you in fights unless it's people who actually want to do a better job. Then it leads to awareness and that leads to insight and that leads to behavior change. Is that a fair way of putting it? Yeah, definitely. And I think just piggybacking off of that and we'll, we'll close here. I mean, so yes, I think calling it out and making people aware of the dissidence is a really key strategy. And I think in line with like what you're saying is when we talk about changing beliefs, if there is dissonance, I think that there's like three things that we can essentially do. We can, you know, change an existing belief. And I know it's not like just as simple as changing it. There are strategies to do so. But I'm talking about just like like overall, we can change an existing belief. We can add a new belief that would kind of, you know, shift the uh, shift the balance there. Or we could reduce the importance of that belief, right? It's not about making it completely go away, but if we could like do something to make a certain really strong belief not as important, then that's also going to tip the scale. So there are different ways to kind of go in and, and it depends on what behavior we're working with. To your point, like there are two completely different examples. One's going to be a little bit harder to change belief on, but like all of that is stuff that we should consider. So who we talk talking to what is the actual dissonance behavior um, and belief and then like okay then we can talk about strategies to kind of change it or reduce that cognitive dissonance so yeah let me let me just I know we're we're over time let me just add one to that right which is as as working marketing professionals when you see people behaving in ways that seem incoherent don't assume that they're crazy assume that they're human and they're complicated. And what we need to do is figure out what are the interference patterns between the context within which they live and the desires within, you know, that they have internal, like it's a complex stew of motivation, means motive and opportunity, let's say, that people react to in a continuous way. And it's really complicated to untangle. It's almost never just like, well, they're nuts, or they just don't know better, right? They probably do know better. They're just doing it anyway. Right. Yeah. All right. I think we've said what we wanted to say about the topic. Like every topic, I feel like we do, there's always more to say. So if there's something specific around values in in conflict and cognitive dissonance that you feel like apply to your brand or you just want to talk more about, please reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Um, And yeah, until next time, I'm Sonika Garcia. And I'm Brad Davidson. Bye-bye. Bye. Breaking the Code is a podcast by Havas Health and Youth Medical Anthropology Department. Created and produced by Brad Davidson and Sonika Garcia. Content editing done by Catherine Rossi. Post-production audio editing done by Gabriel Allen Cummings. And inspiration 
by all of you. Thanks for listening and your continued support. If you enjoy these episodes, we would love to hear from you. Please leave a rating and subscribe. Until next time.